Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanalist Podcast. Daniel Medvedev wins his first title of the year in Paris at the closing Masters event of three. Uh, as always, I'm joined by Marcus Ali. Marcus, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. You know, um, going through the motions, uh, doing what I can at the moment to uh, stay busy and uh, definitely enjoying the tennis. A great comeback win for Daniil Medvedev in Paris and I'm looking forward to discussing it. Yeah, so as we mentioned briefly in that first part, uh, it was Daniel Medvedev who won the Paris Masters, a tournament that I think we both knew could end up going to any one of the sort of top maybe five or six seeds, with Nadal never having won it before. Um, and he was obviously the only one of the big three playing. But uh, yeah, a great week for Medvedev, as you described it, a comeback win. Um, it's not been the best year for him. It actually was his first final of the year as well, let alone title. Um, and he did it in brilliant fashion. On on route, he came back from a set down against Alex Dimner, uh, very convincing against uh, Marcus's pick to win the tournament when we did the last episode, Milos Raonic in the semi. And then uh, fighting from a set down against a very informed Sasha Zverev, uh, the first time Zverev has lost since uh, that loss at the French Open. He has been on brilliant form, winning back-to-back titles in Cologne. But uh, yeah, brilliant uh, win for Medvedev, 5-6-6-4-6-1. Really crushed Zverev in the last set, a a triple break in that last set. So um, really impressive from Medvedev, who has moved back up to fourth in the world with this win, um, going over Roger Federer, who is now uh, absent because of injury. So um, he's back up to his career high that he reached uh, last year. And I was actually seeing, just before I handed you, Marcus, I was seeing earlier, um, because of the suspension this year, and Medvedev didn't play the, I think it was the Italian Open this year, he didn't play. So of the last five Masters he's played, he's actually won three of them uh, with winning uh, Shanghai and Cincinnati last year. Um, so, yeah, he, he's a fierce competitor at the Masters 1000 level. Absolutely, yeah. Um, particularly on, on the hard courts, it has to be said. But, yeah, when it, when it comes to... Um, even, even uh, you know, he's got to his first Grand Slam final now, you know, when Daniel Medvedev isn't, isn't a new thing that we're talking about, a new threat to, to the big three or, or anything like that. He's definitely a player who comes in and you, you expect him to compete for titles now week in, week out. Um, he'll have a, a, big, a big task next year if he's got to defend a lot of the points that, um, that he won in, in 2019 of tournaments that haven't gone ahead um, and this year due to, due to COVID. But no, it's very impressive win. Uh, you know, an, an impressive week for Sasha Zverev as well. I, I remember in our last episode, I wasn't too sure if he'd get past Dan Vavrenko, who played very well to knock out Andre Rublev um, earlier on in the tournament. But you know, did very well, beat Nadal as well, and then a set up. Do we know did did Zverev get those um, U.S. Open like nerves once again? But no, all credit to Medvedev. It, ha- it has to be said. You know, um, in the sort of next gen players to, players to win a slam. You know, we've had Dominic Team win one now. I probably would rank, it's probably easy to say after he's just beaten him in Paris, but I would have ranked Medvedev higher than Zverev anyway, even though he came so close in uh, in uh, Flushing Meadows. So yeah, excellent win for Medvedev. Um, you know, he's 
he can uh, regain that form that he showed towards the back end of 2019 now and hopefully finish the year very strongly with the ATP Tour Finals just around the corner, which we're both very excited for. So, yeah, good to see Medvedev back on song, back on form, and, um, yeah, lift his first title of the year. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's very relieved to get that one out, out of the way. Yeah, I think winning um, Paris with it being an indoor tournament acts as a massive boost ahead of uh, London, the, the ATP Tour Finals. Um, obviously, just having that indoor form uh, that, that Medvedev's shown. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think um, Medvedev will have a lot of points to defend next year, but I, I do believe he can defend them. I think... He's a player, when I look at those sort of next-gen, as you describe them, players coming up, um, you know, I've always thought Medvedev had the weapons that I I don't see in Zverev all of the time. I think Zverev can quite often be a little bit more unreliable. um, You know, you see him hitting a lot of double faults. He still does does it quite a bit. And um, Medvedev, for me, it just feels like a much more rounded player. And um, yeah, just... Very good, very good for him uh, to to get this title, which he, he said in his on-court interview afterwards, he said something about how he was um, sort of saying to his wife at home, he was very frustrated about how he hadn't even made a final in, in the year. And, um, you know, he was getting him down quite a lot, I think, with the, the brilliant end to last year that we saw him have, winning those back-to-back Masters titles in Cincinnati and Shanghai and then making the final of the US Open and, did he take Nadal to five sets? Was it four? Yeah, five sets. Um, really, really impressive. So, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, very exciting player. But we have, you know, been here before with Medvedev, obviously, like last year. Uh, and, and I know this year it's obviously it would have been affected by the COVID suspension. Maybe we could have seen a bit more of him this year. I don't, he's, I don't think he's a bad grass court player as well. So it would have been interesting to see him at Wimbledon this year, certainly. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, a good week for Medvedev. Um, so probably the result of the week uh, was Zverev in the semi-final beating uh, the number one seed, Rafa Nadal. Very convincingly, I think it was seven five six four, might be the other way around. Um, but I think they were the scores in the sets. And um, yeah, really, really convincing win for him. I think, you know, we both had Nadal to go out in the semi-final win or draws because he's not, comfortable with the indoor courts um but you know Zverev coming back coming off the back of the US Open final nightmare that he had really against Dominic team and uh the loss at the uh French Open to I think was it Yannick Sinner that knocked Zverev out so um yeah uh, a great a great I think really you could say it has been a good end to the year for Zverev considering he hasn't he still hasn't won that Grand Slam title, but I think he has really shown a, a grit and determination, which I think I always questioned if he had. And I know when he lost that US final, I, I did really wonder if he would go on a massive slump down. And, and you know, we'd see sort of a, a few months of real decline from Zverev, but it, it doesn't look like he's going to do that. Um, although, actually, I will jump in to say that I did actually pick Zverev to make the final this week, as well as. Medvedev, it did end up being a very good week for me on Predictor, uh, getting back within two points of Marcus on our uh, on our 2020-21 uh, league. Okay, um, just away from Paris, some other tennis that happened last week that you might not have heard about, 
was a, a challenger tournament in Parma, Italy. This was also an indoor tournament. Um, and the reason why we talk about this, we don't often talk about the challenger tour on this, only when something particular happens. Um, Liam Brody, the British, uh, well, used to be the, the exciting British youngster, unfortunately has had a few issues uh, on, on court really since the sort of early days of when he was a teenager and he hasn't really uh, ever challenged at the top. Um, but he made the final of the Palmer tournament. Being unseeded was a really impressive showing from him uh, and, and went down to uh, Stebe of Germany, uh, whose first name I actually have forgotten. Is it Matthias? Or no? Cedric Marcel Stebe. Cedric. Okay, yeah, nothing like nothing like Matthias. There, there you go. Marcus has done his uh, fine research before this, but yeah, no, it, it was a very good week for Liam Brody. It's actually the fourth Challenger final I think he's been in. He's, he's never won one, which uh, obviously is a massive shame for him. But it's the first one he's been in uh, since last year, and then the two before that were back in 2017. So I think it it shows a real progression from Brody, who um, since the restart had qualified for the French Open, which I think neither of us would have expected Brody to qualify. It's the first Grand Slam he's actually ever qualified for without getting a wild card in uh, because he, he gets them at Wimbledon every other year. But, um, yeah, really good week for Brody. Um, what would you like to say on that, Marcus, um, for, on, on the end Brody's week? I think it's reason for optimism. Um, I'm not going to get carried away. He, he only beat one player in the top 200 to reach to reach the final in uh, in Palmer. Um it's showing a bit of a bit of momentum after the French Open. Obviously that was you'd still say that was a bigger achievement than than making a, a challenger final. He's made challenger finals before, but it was a, it was a first to qualify for for a Grand Slam off off merit you could say. But yeah it's, it's just a um a player that's flattered to deceive a little. I mean Dan Evans, I know we we've seen him break into the top 150, top 100, and now top 50, slightly late in his career. Um, I don't think we saw him in the top 100 when he was sort of 27, uh, maybe when he was 28, but uh, obviously he had the ban in between. Um, but it wasn't in his in his sort of early 20s. Brody's at 26 now. He's got a career high of 154, um, currently sitting at 184. Um, so he's definitely a player that I think I think we've spoken about this before that you know it would be a good achievement if he could get into the top 100 at some point. You know we we saw we saw James Ward break into the top 100 briefly, and you could tell how much of an achievement that was for him after playing all these unfashionable tournaments week in week out for a very long time. So hopefully, you know Leon Brody can take this end of season momentum. You'd have to say and and, and really kick on next year. He's shown some form on on the clay courts that I didn't know. I didn't know he could produce. So um, very encouraging from Liam Brody, but still, still a, a long way to go. And um, yeah, so, so four four good wins on on the way to that final. Hopefully, you can take that into next year. So uh, we have got one more tournament uh, this week, which will be the last uh, sort of tour event, well, non-invitational event, I suppose you would call it, in a uh, Sofia two fifty on the indoor courts and that leads on to the O2 the ATP Tour finals uh, next week which we will certainly preview in the next episodes uh, and provide you with episodes during that but we'll just have a quick preview of Sofia um, Denis Shapovalov tops the draw 
as the number one seed. He can't qualify for London now, probably explaining his uh, more reasoning to um, to play this week. Uh, the second seed is compatriot Felix Auger Aliassim. You've also got uh, Marin Cilic in action, although as we speak, he uh, could be going out to an 18-year-old wild card. So we will uh, keep you informed on that. But uh, we'll just as usual, we'll go down our quarterfinals uh, for our on our predicted draws for Sofia. Uh, so I'll start with mine. Uh, first quarterfinal, I've got Denis Shapovalov against uh, Adrian Manorino. Uh, second quarter quarterfinal, I've got Alex Di Manure against Yannick Sinner. Uh, the young, exciting Italian, uh, who I've actually, no spoilers, but uh, I've actually got him to go on to win the tournament. And uh, then in the quarterfinal, uh, next quarterfinal, I've got John Millman against Jan Leonard Struff, uh, which I'm wondering might not happen. But um, And then I have in the last quarterfinal, Chilich, who is probably out by the time you're listening to this, against Felix Auger and Yassim. I will pass it to Marcus. Yeah, so just a couple of differences. Um, I've got Denis Shapovalov, who I actually have to, to win the tournament, to face Igor Garasimov in, in the top quarter final. I've got him to beat Adrian Manorino in the second round. Then, just like you, I've got Dimonor versus uh, Yannick Sinner. Third quarter final, I've got John Milman versus Vasek Pospisil. I've got the Canadian player to beat. John Leonard Struff. Struff, probably a better player on his day, but I don't feel like he's been at his top levels in, in the last few weeks. And Pospisil beat Felix a couple of weeks ago, so might, might have a chance of making the quarters. Uh, and then I have Richard Gasquet versus Felix Auger Aliassime, who I have to make his final, uh, to make the final and, and lose to his compatriot. So possibly more heartbreak for Felix in ATP Tour event finals. I think that'll be maybe his sixth or even his seventh loss in an ATP Tour final, should it happen. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, th- there are my quarterfinals. Not too many shocks. I mean, it's quite a small draw. You know, normally saying that Garasimov and Pospisil to make a quarterfinal at an ATP Tour event is is uh, you're sticking your neck, neck out somewhat, but um, not a very big draw, this. So, yeah, just I have them just win the two games and, and make it there. Um, yeah, <laughs> if, if Cilic does go on to lose this, then my... Chance of having a perfect draw on tennis draw challenges out as uh, I was on for that. Well, in the very early um, early exchanges of uh, make six out of six in the first six matches. So yeah, it's impressive. I was only five, but yeah, um, those are my four quarterfinals. Somewhat predictable. Um, I've, I don't have very many big seeds going out early on. Um, yeah, that's how I see Sofia panning out. I'm sure we'll. Uh, be able to speak a, bit, a lot more about it towards the end of the week when we've got, um, well, when we've had the first and second rounds out of the way and we can look ahead to the matches with the bigger players in, in the uh, later rounds. But yeah, this is a quite a big shock developing. Um, you know, it's not over till it's over. But uh, Jonas Foritek of the Czech Republic, 19-year-old, is currently 6-4-5-1 up against Marin Cilic. Um, Cilic 40-love up in, in this current game, so... Then Foritek will have the chances to uh, to serve to win the match six three six two, which obviously be a huge shock and a and a big disappointment for Chilich. Yeah, really surprising considering Chilich uh, looked back on form last week, beating uh, Felix Auger-Aliassime uh, before he got a, a walkover in the next round. So he actually made the uh, 
the latter stages or the the, the later rounds at least of Paris. Uh, but yeah, as you say, currently it's now five two in that last set to a a, a nineteen year old that I don't think either of us had heard of before today, but perhaps uh, another name for the future. So uh, that's pretty much uh, the main content for this week. Uh, now, of course, it's guess the player, and I believe Marcus got one prepped for me earlier as I was uh, watching the television. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, was was a little bit prepared while you were taking in the uh, FA Cup second round uh, draw. Just to mention about Forai Tech, I'm going to go with for now. I might have to amend that pronunciation for the next episode, but he's he's 399 in the world, so quite a way off me and Michael's radar, probably unless they're a sort of fallen grace. But anyway, to kick off, uh, guess the player. My first clue, vague as always, is that he's 33 years old. Yeah, you always do age first. Um, 33. Um, Garmon Feast. Yeah, so I think Gail's a little bit older than that, maybe 30. Feels like he probably is, but yeah. Um, my second clue, not a massive clue, but this guy lost in the second round of the US Open and the first round of the French. Okay, so not someone who's had deep runs at Grand Slams recently. Um, I, don't, I feel like we might have done him, actually. Uh, actually, no, yeah, we haven't done we'll, I'll go Kevin Anderson. I like your thinking. It's a good effort, but it's not Kevin Anderson. Um, just to keep, uh, The next clue is just just his ranking. Um, so yeah, you know, you know what kind of hand I've dealt you this week. This guy's ranked 119 in the world. Okay, he's probably giving me another Taro Daniel uh, Yuchi Sagita. Good effort. Uh, Sagita's a little higher. I think he's exactly 100 in the world, or 99. I think Sagita at the moment. Um, you can tell I was scrolling down the rankings to pick this one. Uh, the fourth clue is that uh, despite his rank, this guy's a former ATP Tour finalist. Okay. Wait, when you say ATP Tour finalist, do you mean at the, the O2? Yeah. yeah. yeah the or the, the end event. Okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. You, no, yeah, I do you mean... You don't mean just any final? Yeah, no, sorry. I do yeah. mean the year-end event, the, the top. Right, event. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so... Well, I've, I've got Nicholas Almagro in my head, but I feel like he's retired now. But then uh, retired players are still ranked until they haven't played for a year, I think. So is that right? Or maybe, I don't know. Tipzerovic is definitely retired. And he, yeah, he wouldn't be that high. Um, Almagro surely wouldn't be that high either. He's not been around for a long time. Um, okay. Hmm. Think of more obscure players that have got into the finals. Songa is not ranked that low, and we have had him recently on Guess the Player. Um. I don't know if Gasquet... I mean, Gasquet is definitely higher than that. I'm trying to think of older players that have been in the finals. I'm wondering if it was quite a long time ago. 
What did you say the ranking was? 119. While you ponder that, I'm just going to drop in the delayed update for people that have listened to this or will already know the score that for Tech has just beaten Marin Cilic 6-3-6-4. Uh, 6-3-6-2, sorry. Uh, go on then, I'll, I'll just say Nicholas Almagro, but I, I know it's wrong. No, it's not It's not Almagro. Um, this next clue sort of hints to the player a bit more. I'm, I'm glad I got this far. He's won 46 career titles. Oh. Oh, right. It, it, I, I don't want to be stupid. For second round at the US Open, first round at the French. Okay, it's Andy Murray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well done. I, I should have got that on the. I think ATP Tour finalist. Kind of to me, I was thinking more of a player that kind of just got in one year and like like a sort of Tip Zerovic or Almagro. I think Almagro was just an alternate who came in. So. Yeah, but yeah, I wasn't really thinking of the the big players. Uh, but but yeah, I, yeah. I ATP that. Tour final winner, champion as well. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a a white. Yeah. Line. You just call him a finalist. But you could have put you could have put a former world number one, three time Grand Slam winner, two time Wimbledon winner. But no, you went you went for I lost in the first round of the French Open and I ranked 119th and I'm 33. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Those good clues. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that I got to do him before. You'd probably end up mugging me off like the same way, looking down the rankings and seeing Murray. Murray. Yeah, it's true. Actually, it's true. It's a good one. I have to find another another golden one down there at some point. I guess it was kind of similar to Andy Karlovich, but on on a sort of different extreme. Um, so yeah, well, that we I'm not gonna ask you for a comment on Andy Murray because we, we speak enough about Andy Murray and hopefully we see him back uh, next year at the Australian Open and I was hearing today apparently Australia you might know this Marcus but Australia are having full crowds at their football matches at the moment um, yeah so it looks like mate hopefully if that goes well because it's their summer as well so the heat will help um we might see a um, a normal Australian Open. I, I don't know any news on that. I'd have to look it up. They might have already said if there is or isn't. But um, uh, allegedly, this is only what my housemate tells me, but Australia has got um, some sort of full stadiums going on at the moment. So it'd be brilliant to see fans back at, uh, at Melbourne Park uh, for the Australian Open in just two months' time. Feels weird to say. Uh, so that is pretty much everything today. Um, if you want some tennis fix between now and the O2, keep an eye on Sofia, some interesting players playing, and hopefully uh, you will see Yannick Sinner, the exciting teenager, win his first title on the tour, which I think he's he's got a decent chance of doing, hopefully. Uh, but Shapovalov, uh, Felix Auger, they seem standing in the way, be tough opponents. Um, but yeah, Marcus, thank you very much for joining me. You're welcome. Yeah, hopefully Chapeau can get his second uh, ATP Tour title instead instead of Sinner just this time, so I can carry that uh, little lead into uh, in, into next year. Um, but yeah, thanks as always, and um, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>